Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. All right, so first off, I just want to disclose, I've got neighbors playing crap music in my background. I don't think you can hear it, but it's annoying and distracting. One in the front. And then one apparently behind me, I'm not sure where. It's not crazy loud, but I can hear them and I shouldn't be able to hear them. That's the problem. It's too loud if I can hear them when I'm inside my home. And so at some point I'll have to, you know, submit on the police. But I'm going to continue with the episode as normal. And just quick update. So the car, apparently the car is good to go. It should be showing up here Monday by noon. If it shows up here Monday, I have to do a quick analysis on it, make sure it's good to go no issues. And then if it's good to go, I'm going to keep that bad boy. And it's not the car I really want, but the plan is to just have it pay it off in a month or two. Cause I can, I make that much money and then trade it on what I really want because then I won't need the extra storage in the back. Cause that's the only reason I picked this particular vehicle was to have something that looked reasonably stylish, but I wanted to have the storage in the back. So I can't stand SUVs. So there's that. And then plan is to be on the road Friday evening. So let me break down what I've done. I shifted the schedule around ever so slightly to try to make it a little bit easier to manage next week. So next week's schedule, I moved Crypto Talk Radio, the recordings for the podcast and the release for the podcast next week will be Monday and Wednesday as opposed to Tuesday and Thursday. So I'll be recording Crypto Talk Radio Monday and Wednesday next week. So Monday the 2nd, Wednesday the 4th. Casual Talk Radio, then I'll do Tuesday, Thursday. So I'm inverting the two. The reason I'm doing it that way is so that I can then record the uh, YouTube show on Friday. That'll be in conjunction with Combat Talk because Combat Talk records on Friday as well. And I just think that's a better strategy because I need to make sure that I'm on the road Friday evening late, probably about, I don't know, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, somewhere around there. Then I'll be driving the entire weekend as I head to my uh, new destination. So I got to get everything done because all of my uh, casual talk doesn't, but for the most part, crypto talk, yes, combat talk, yes, require a computer. 
So it's not like I can, I mean, I can record them on the road, but I won't have access to what I need to do the information that I share. So next week, again, we'll be doing the podcast releases Monday and Wednesday instead of Tuesday, Thursday. So you'll still get two. Then our YouTube will be on Friday. All of that will happen in the afternoon. I'll be driving the entire weekend. So the, that's why I'm doing the YouTube recording prior to the weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, I'll be completely offline. Monday that following week, which I believe is the 9th, I will be back on the regular schedule as far as I can tell, because then I just have to do casual talk, which doesn't require a computer. I'll be in a hotel that day for sure. Tuesday, I have my new place, but I don't know that I'll have internet yet. So I may have to record the podcast in the hotel room, maybe. But the plan is to be back to normal schedule the following week after. So nothing will change in terms of the frequency of episodes and we're good to go. I got cash in the wallet. I I need to go down to, it's just been cold, so I haven't done it. Once the car shows up, I'm going to go down to Bank of America. I'm trying to find an ATM that gives me 50s. I've got 20s. I've got fives. I've got hundreds. I'd like to get some freaking 50s just because, you know, (laughs) because I got like thousands in the wallet. I have so much money, I couldn't close my wallet, which is what I wanted, you know. The feeling of cash is a good thing. So I'm ready for the trip otherwise. And then I'm chipping away at my stuff, packing, getting stuff ready, packed up, ready to go. I've got to get more crates because apparently I don't have enough. And then uh, I've got my car supplies, all getting those set aside for what I need for the trip. You know, coat for the weather, hat and all that stuff, plus all the things that are going to be in the car when I get in there. I got new key fobs, the whole nine yards. Um, I have a tire... Uh, re, uh, reinflate deal that you plug into the 12 volt. I have that for my previous car still. And I have a, um, they call it a battery. So as long as you have a power outlet nearby, you can plug this in and it'll at least jump your battery if nothing else. So if something weird happens now, when I get the car plan is to take it down to the nearest uh, dealer. It's a Cadillac. I'm going to take it to a Cadillac dealer, have them do a full inspection. The place I'm buying it from claims they do 150-point inspection. I am skeptical. So I'll do an eyeball test because I used to do um, auto detailing, so I'll give it that once over. If I don't see anything obvious, I'll do the test drive. If it doesn't feel that bad, I'll still take it to the, uh, I'll at least tell them I'll keep it, go down to the Cadillac dealer, get them to go do a checkout. I got to get new tires, so these are all seasons. I think I told the story. All season tires that are good for winter driving. They're like the top of the line, crazy expensive. Got to get those in. Then I've got my guy ready for a detail, a full detail job on the 4th. That's, again, assuming I keep the car. So that's what's on deck. And I want to just get it, pay it off, and then trade it on what I really want. And then I might just kind of keep flipping it, right? It's like do a little bit of fix-up here and there, increase its value, detail it up, trade it back in, get to the point where, you know, I don't really even have a, payment and I got the car that I want and it's the year that I want and everything. The other thing I have to watch out for. So I'm going to be leaving a month later. Apparently with this, you can't, that the dealer can't register the car here in Nevada. So I won't have enough time to go to the DMV and get it done. I talked to the new state. They seem to think that as long as I can get a bill of sale, which is given that I should be able to uh, register up there off the temp registration. I've never done that before, you know, buy out of state and then drive it somewhere like right away never done it before. So that's also new. I'm excited, but I'm also frustrated that it's happening over winter. That's frustrating. It is what it is. Meanwhile, in the endeavors, it's quiet. You know, we had a, we had a issue. It wasn't in my area, but we had an issue on the first endeavor. 
but I was called in to help out because I have experience with this type of thing. But other than that, it's reasonably quiet. We don't have any meetings. All the meetings are canceled. Hercules, Hercules. That's good. And the second endeavor, they just canceled the last meeting for uh, 2022. So I'm like, yes. So second one is basically a free check at this point. And the first one is just kind of standby watching on support tickets. Cause I'm the only one actively working because you know, why not? And then next year we're going to be hitting the ground running and there's a lot of good things happening. So I think it's going to be good. I do plan to do some business registrations and other things, not just for my endeavor, but also crypto talk radio. When I get to the new place, I was waiting to get there, get settled. The other piece is that whole layout. My, so if you've watched my YouTube, um, I have my background and I'm in the alley. I won't be in the alley in the new place. So I got to figure out what that looks going to look like in the setup in the new studio. It's probably going to be shared with my home office setup. I got to see what that looks like and make sure it's all clean. There's a lot on deck, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to thank you for listening. If you have been listening for a while and if you're new, I want to welcome you to the crypto talk radio. And this is the format. I try to give a little bit about myself personally, not too much because I don't want to spoil it, but a little bit about myself and what I'm doing and then dig into the big stuff, which we're going to get into now. And there's quite a bit of it, but I think I can get through it in pretty good time. Let's hit that. So right at the jump, let's talk some numbers in cryptocurrency. Ethereum, of course, is hovering around the $1,200 mark. And we are at a resistance point, by the way. The resistance being 1170. And we're testing whether or not it's going to go down. And if it does, of course, I'm, for those that are new, you would have known this. But for those long-term, still have my bet out there that if Ethereum goes underneath $900, I'll do live karaoke on the YouTube channel because I felt confident that Ethereum was going was not going to disappoint me. It started dipping and I got a little bit concerned, not because I'm worried about the singing, but simply because I think Ethereum should be stronger than it is. And to be fair and to its credit, I do think Ethereum long-term is going to be in a really good spot. I see that 2023 is looking really good for Ethereum overall based on the projections of the graph and the month graph that I see. Looks like recovery is, we're right at that beginning points of recovery. Now the recovery is in my assessment, and this is simply my opinion. I think the recovery is going to take some time. So I'm not telling you that as of January, we're going to be millionaires. I'm saying that I think we're at the starting phases of recovery, number one. Two, we have to hope that there's no other impacts to cryptocurrency as in poof hair or other things getting in the way. And we know there will be the Gary Ginsons of the world, the Jerome Powell's of the world, Joe Biden going up, saying a thing. We know there's these unfortunate situations around us we can't control. I'm saying that based on what we know today, based on how things are going today, and based on what we're hearing I see a, a strong path of recovery starting in 2023. I see that as of the end of 2023, as long as we don't have those disruptions, I think 2024 is going to be a strong year, but we're going to have to wait and see. I'm not guaranteeing you anything because I can't. I'm saying that based on the graph movement, velocity, and shifts in sentiment, hopefully we'll get two stronger positive trends across the board. This tends to benefit Ethereum. It also tends to benefit the Binance coin, BNB. BNB is definitely going to benefit from this because BNB is on track to surpass its all-time high by a very large margin. Ethereum is going to go higher than its all-time high, but Ethereum was already en route to doing that before everything that happened, you know, back in the end of 2021. But I think Bitcoin's recovery is going to, excuse me, Binance's recovery is going to be a lot stronger is what I'm saying than Ethereum. It doesn't mean that it won't recover you know, financially, just that I think it's stronger than Ethereum's 
Bitcoin looks like it's going to recover, but nowhere near as strongly. I think Bitcoin is going to be suffering for a while. Hopefully, that's, hopefully I get that wrong. Hopefully we do see all of them get back to a run. Because if we get a run, I think FOMO takes care of the rest. I don't know at this point if there's going to be something else gets in the way. I can tell you that overall, the market cap is still under a trillion dollars. So we got a ways to go upward before we're able to recoup what we have lost over the past. So if you're in anything right now, hopefully they're strong projects. Hopefully they're projects that are not, you know, the telescams of the world and the garbage coins. It's up to you and your money. I'm saying that I always maintain core coins can never steer you wrong. I might've had it wrong though about Solana because Solana is hurting, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to briefly mention a couple of things that were happening with Solana and a couple of things that happened recently and what it might mean. So apparently the FTX debacle affected Solana, but also we saw some projects, some DApp projects and some coin projects that got off the network. So this caused a negative shift. And so it is now going down, just to put in perspective, Solana was a three-digit coin. I mean, it was high. It was pumping like crazy. Part of the issue with Solana, though, I think, they had real big problems with stability of their network. It was really difficult, for whatever reason, it was really difficult for them to keep their dang network stable long enough for anybody to really benefit from it. We saw this thing. It dropped. It's almost down to its bare bottoms. It's almost down 100%. That's a significant drop, folks. Again, this pumped over to three figures, certainly three figures on the coin. And in the short term, it is scheduled to go even lower until it's bottomed out. It hasn't bottomed out yet. It's on route. It's testing the bottom resistance now, and it may go even further down. If you're in Solana, I cannot tell you what to do. All I can tell you is that right now, it is in a hurt spot, and it's going to be in a hurt spot for a while. My guess, and it's only my spitball guess, Solana's going to be hurting for about the vast majority of 2023. Once it gets past whatever is going on with it, and assuming it can get some positive catalysts, assuming it can get some positive news, assuming they can somehow renovate what's going on, then I do think Solana will recover. So I am saying that given all the recovery we're seeing with Bitcoin, recovery with Ethereum, recovery with BNB, all the other ones that are recovering and we see an upward trend forming, I do see that Solana can benefit from it, but that's assuming that it's able to fix what's going on right now. What does that mean, big picture? There are some people, to being honest here, there are some people who could 5X this thing, but it really depends on their gut, going with their gut. It's kind of like Luna Classic. Luna Classic is being harmed because of incompetent people in their community, frankly. You had Do Rugpull, aka Do Kwan, being involved. Apparently, FTX has some involvement, so there's all these external factors, but at the bottom line, Luna Classic has a toxic community now that they've they brought on themselves, but it doesn't really do anything either, whereas Solana at least did something and has the opportunity to do something again. So I'm saying that Solana has the greater opportunity to potentially recover from what's happening right now, but as of right now, it's in a hurt spot. So although it's one of the core coins, it's hurting. Now, if you're one of those that believes in Solana, I, I think it has an opportunity to recover and come back stronger I can't say 100%. I'm just calling it like I see it. Cardano. I've talked about Cardano. I've said that I'm bullish on Cardano and simply cannot explain to you why that is. I still cannot explain to you why that is, but I've been bullish on Cardano since I got into cryptocurrency. I don't know why, but just is what it is. Cardano's max, I want to say it was like four bucks or something per coin. It's down in the cents right now. I think it's like 30 cents. So it could 10x from where it's at. Now, 
The problem with Cardano, I was told, is that its leader is an idiot, number one, and it doesn't really do anything. Now, there's been some build on its network, but generally speaking, it doesn't really do anything at the moment. But there's still a general bullish sentiment around Cardano. There's a lot of people who are scooping up Cardano right now. They seem to think that it's going to recover and come back strong and hit the ground running. And frankly, I don't know why, let me be honest, I don't know why it's been this long, this low for this long. Because it feels like to me that Cardano should have long since gone on a run. Now, when I look at the graphs, though, I don't see anywhere near the strong run that I would expect, given what I just explained with Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB. Looks like Cardano is going to be down for a while. Even past 2023, I don't see the upward trend I expect. It's a generally bearish sentiment, even though sentiment is saying, yeah, it's going to be something, it's going to be something, it's going to be something. The question is why. And I, I can't rightly say what's going on with it other than possibly the fact it doesn't really do anything. And there's just this shift towards projects that are doing something, even if it's crap, like a metaverse type thing. But those are temporary pumps. I'm not sure that long term, those are really those are sustainable. I don't believe that they are. So who knows what's going to happen? I'm just saying that for right now, I maintain bullish sentiment on Cardano. I can't tell you why, but I don't see that it's going to get to a strong price movement anywhere in 2023. Same with Luna Classic. It seems like they're held back by whatever the heck's going on. So what to see? Time's got to tell on that business, and hopefully it turns out to be good. There's some news about Poof Hair and FTX. Now, if you weren't following that, and I credit you for ignoring this garbage, but you weren't following that, apparently Poof Hair had had some meetings with a lot of people. He was actually taking pictures with Hillary Clinton. He was meeting with Gary Gensler about FTX, and apparently they cleared FTX and said everything was fine, which was kind of sketchy since they're all up on trial right now. Well, Dan Berkovitz, he's the general counsel at the SEC, has recently stepped down amid reports he had met and dined with Poof Hair. Well, let's be honest here, okay? We have the general counsel. The general counsel of a company is the head in terms of all things legal, all things compliance, right? This is the person who should be making sure that the organization is doing things on the up and up. And we're saying that this person was out there having dinner with poof hair, and at no point was there any red flags raised during any conversation. So let's be clear. Either they didn't talk business at all, which raises the question why they were meeting over dinner, or if they talked business, this guy decided to look the other way over what he heard. I find this really concerning. But other people also found it greatly concerning. There was apparently some leaks of some emails that were exchanged between poof hair and this organization. And apparently this person was really warm and friendly with poof hair. <laughs> now I, I'm not making any claim of any sort of sexual impropriety. I'm simply saying that apparently the, at least the appearance is that they were really buddy, buddy. Some one of the quotes here in how this works is quote, if ever there were a scene to conjure up a vision of a DC rigged towards corrupt insiders at the expense of the little guy, it would be difficult to top this one. Not long before its collapse and a raft of fraud charges, F SBF poof hair and his gang were wooing, as in trying to get in the good graces of SEC. Once again, I remind you, these people are up on trial right now, or about to be, for the things that they're being accused of. So now you have impropriety because you have the highest levels of the SEC 
who are the main ones going after this idiot. And apparently they were all buddy-buddy, all chummy-chummy. And Gary Gensler himself had met with Pooh Bear. And all of a sudden, now you're trying to go after him when before you had the opportunity to cut it off at the pass and avoid it to be an issue. And Poof Hare had donated significant amounts of money to the Democratic Party, even just ben- at least just beneath George Soros. George Soros, of course, is the largest, largest donator to the Democratic Party. Poof Hare was right beneath him. George Soros is a pretty wealthy donator. So now all the dots are coming together. It's like, oh, well, he donated this much money leading up to the election to get rid of President Donald Trump. And you were meeting with Gary Gensler and you're meeting with their legal counsel over here while running essentially a Ponzi scheme with your hedge fund. All of this is really sketchy. So now people are starting to question, is this really going to be a fair trial? Poof Hare isn't in jail. He's on house arrest. He's still at his home. Actually, it's, it's, I believe it's his parents' home, but he's on house arrest. So he's not even in jail. Now, let me put it in perspective. We rushed. <laughs> we rushed. We couldn't, we couldn't lock certain people up fast enough for things where claims were made and no evidence, but yet with him, where you have direct evidence of crimes being done, he's not in jail. Don't you find that kind of sketchy? I find that kind of sketchy, but who knows? Maybe that's just me. In California, and of course I choose not to live in California because California is crap in my opinion, but California, they have, I did an update a while ago and I said that California wanted to be at the forefront of crypto regulation. They wanted to be the ones to stand out and say, we're going to regulate this thing for our citizens and keep everybody safe. Well, a regulator in California very recently warned about some websites that are suspected of fraud. Dubious crypto platforms is the direct quote. California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, which is a scam, by the way. But they issued warnings about crypto brokers and websites suspected of being fraudulent. Now, of the list, you probably don't recognize hardly any of these. I'll call out a couple that you might. One of them is ZC Exchange. One of them is Unison FX. One of them is VoyanX.com. The rest of them mostly cater to international crowds, as far as I can tell. So when I watch what California is doing and I watch all the things where they try to crack things down, what generally happens when we see this is that the exchanges will simply ban operations in that state. This happened with Nevada. One of the reasons I want to get out of here. In Nevada, so Robinhood, I have a Robinhood account. I don't use it because Robinhood doesn't work in Nevada, at least not for cryptocurrency trade. I can trade stock all I care to, but it doesn't work for cryptocurrency trades. I don't believe they changed it, but that certainly was the way it worked. So I had set up the Robinhood account when I was in Oregon, you know, and I, but that was before I had access to what I have access to now in terms of money. So now I get to Nevada, got money all over hand to fist, and then can't do the trades I want to do. So I switched away from it, didn't use it. I'd like to, not because it's a good exchange, but because it, it's a little bit more convenient than what Coinbase does. Can't. Once I leave, I'll be able to. But for right now, I can't. A lot of that was around some of the regulatory scrutiny that Nevada was trying to do around things that are related, quote unquote, to gambling, most certainly. But even cryptocurrency in general has been harmed. Hawaii is another place that has these same type of things. So once the California business starts happening and they're saying, yep, we are trying to lock this down, do, 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 I suspect that many of these exchanges are just going to say, okay, well, screw you. We're just not going to allow you to trade anything if you're living in the state of California. Some people will simply say, fire up a VPN and override it. You can have at it. It's your money. I'm not telling you what to do. I will tell you that they know and they'll find you. <laughs> they, they'll find you. And at the end of the day, when you go to try to cast the stuff out, you're not going to get very far because if it turns out that 
you were ducking smoke and violating the law, somebody could basically snatch your money. And don't say that they can't because that's happened already before. They know how to find your assets. I said it before. The government knows how to find your assets. If they want your assets, they'll find them. So you could do all the smoke you can to hide it. If they want to take your money, they'll take your money because that's how they roll. Now, big picture here. That's done with my news. The big picture here is that cryptocurrency was suffering in part of 2022. We had a little bit of a run and a little bit of recovery. We're nowhere near where we are in 2021. As I said, we're not going to get back to those days of unreasonable pumps across the board. As a result, many of these lesser cryptocurrencies like Cult Dow and some of these other ones, they're getting exposed because what it means is that they were simply banking off of the run of the coin that they were paired to in their liquidity. So if it was an Ethereum-based token, they're paired to Ethereum in their liquidity pair. So the price movement was simply benefiting from being paired with Ethereum's run, not because the coin itself was doing anything. When Ethereum was running earlier in 2022, Believes call out that, hey, Colt's going down even though Ethereum is going on a run. Well, what does that mean? That means that you're basically dumping more than you're making or the value that you're creating. So all these tokens are being exposed. I've lost one of them because it means that they're not able to sustain any upward movement irrespective of the token that they're paired to, which means that they're not really worth the money that they're asking of you. It's up to you what you do. It's up to you what you invest in. But I want you to be aware and you think about it. And the call to action is think about when you're getting into a token project, what is it paired to, number one? If it's paired to, you know, Binance, if it's paired to Ethereum, whatever. Whatever it's paired to, what is the price movement of that that it's paired to? And if you don't see that your token project is running lockstep with that performance, as meaning it's not going up when the other one's going up, you got to start questioning, is it really that good of a project? If your project is, is crapping, even though it's gas, you know, coin is going up, you got to question that because that usually means there's way more sell to the point that it's not benefiting from that upward movement. If it turns out that your token is jumping, 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 even though the, the other side is crapping, the gas coin is crapping, you got to question that too because it's abnormal. You would not have where the, the token itself goes on a run where the gas coin itself is crapping out, you wouldn't see that. And it could, and I'm not calling a statement of affirmative fact, I'm saying it could indicate a form of wash trading or artificial pump, which means that it might be a dump happening immediately after that. So just be careful, be smart about it. And most importantly, make sure that your people come first and don't dump a bunch of stuff into the projects. Even if you really believe in the project, don't dump everything you got into it. Just let it ride a little bit if you're going to invest in it. But make sure your people are taken care of. Make sure the bills are taken care of and everything's in a good spot. If you got money to blow, no problem. But most of us don't have money to blow. We might have money that we can afford to lose, but we don't have money to blow. And nobody really wants to lose money. I don't care how much you make. Nobody wants to lose it. So just be thinking about and be watching the behavior of your project as it correlates to the gas coin that it's paired to in its liquidity. Watch and see, and they should run lockstep with each other is my point. If one goes up, the other should feasibly be going up. If one goes down, it should also be going down. But also, we have to then question, as we're in this bear and we're trying to get out of the bear, for these projects that can't seem to drive upward momentum, irrespective of the bear, what does that mean? Usually means that the project's not going to sustain long-term. We just saw, and I don't know who knows this, and if you're listening and you're in it, Green chart, green chart quit the business because they couldn't sustain and they're going to spin up some other project that's not going to succeed. Same with FitScript, 
off of Antonini and so many other ones, we're starting to see many of them fail. And that's because they, we're, they're exposed. They can't drive upward momentum without the gas coin. All that means is that what I said was true. The money's coming back to the core coins. They can never steer you wrong. These other ones were just riding the, the coattails. Now that I knew that, okay, now I can drive my investment strategy accordingly and invest in the right projects where I see that they're able to buck the trend. And those are rare. That's why I haven't done very much shift in my investment strategy from what it was in the beginning of the year. I just basically settled on a, a select few, my fave five. And even then one of them dropped off. But for the most part, I fixate on certain ones, watch them. As long as they're performing, I get the rest of them kind of an eh, and we'll check back in next year and see how you do. And that's how I roll at least. Make up your own mind, but just be careful and take care of your people no matter what. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of smart, strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.